You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We are continuing our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. And today we get to talk with a pastor and learn about a congregation participating in one of the, the pilots of Set Apart to Serve as a pilot program. Today we get to talk with Pastor Sam Schick of St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida. Pastor Schick, welcome to the coffee hour. Thanks. It's great to be here. Well, I am interested in learning more about St. Luke's and being a part of the Set Apart to Serve as a pilot project. Before we get to that, though, as part of Set Apart to Serve and encouraging church workers or encouraging people to consider church work vocations, let's learn your story. When did God start shaping you into a, a future pastor? When did you start thinking about becoming a pastor? Yeah, for me, I started thinking about becoming a pastor, actually, when I was about 12. I was in confirmation or going into confirmation. We had had mm. a lot of changes in my life just around that time. I had a couple of deaths in the family. The school I was going to, a Lutheran school, actually closed. I ended up kind of moving around. We, we found a church close to home, and it was time for me to do confirmation, and I connected with the pastor there in a way that I had never really expected. And, and through the process of confirmation, one of the things he challenged us to do, everybody in the class, he challenged us to read two chapters of the Bible every day we were in confirmation. And, and for the first four weeks, we'd get through the book of Genesis, and then we would talk about Genesis. He only asked us to do it for four weeks. But for whatever reason, God put it on my heart to keep going. And somewhere in the middle of the New Testament, I said, and I want to spend the rest of my life telling people this story. And <laughs> from there, I kind of kept going along that track of going towards becoming a pastor, waiting for somebody to tell me, hey, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to do this. <laughs> and nobody told me to stop. So I kept on going and, and a little over a year ago, ended up getting ordained. Nice. So a bunch of green lights, no red lights. Like, why, why would you stop, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And this is yeah, something that God put on my heart as a passion when I was young and just kept going. That's excellent. Well, I'm glad you're a pastor. Glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And it's oh. been such a joy since, since along the journey, it's been a joy. And being a pastor has been an awesome blessing and an awesome joy, even beyond what I would have anticipated. Great. So the pilot project, how do you think it's going for folks around there, not just around where you're at at St. Luke's, but the congregation itself at St. Luke's? How do you think everybody's responding to it? What's your, what's your feel of the pulse, if you will? Yeah, that's a great question. I think one of the things, so everybody's had a very encouraging response to the pilot mm -hmm. project when we've brought it up and, and they've been it's been really, people are really excited to fold it into what we're already doing because it's really, the pilot project itself is not like something different than doing Christ's ministry, right? This is just sure. a part of Christ's ministry that we kind of are remembering, oh yeah, that's right. We were supposed to be you know, doing that and thinking about that all along. And so it's been met with a, a lot of eagerness. And I think one of the things that is most encouraging for a lot of people at St. Luke's is to see, just to, to hear the stories of how you know, I got to come together with so many people in the Synod as a part of this pilot project. Yeah. And 
it, it feels so much like like a synodical movement. Like this isn't just something. Oh, obviously, we've always been trying to build up people to know Christ at a more at a deeper level, especially our youth. But it feels like well, now we're we're kind of making this a, a, a synodical emphasis, a synodical movement, and trying to build up these people who right. know Christ so deeply they want others to know Christ too. Why did St. Luke's become involved in Set Apart to Serve to begin with? Why was this important for your congregation to be a partner and a, a, a pilot site for Set Apart to Serve? Well, so one of the reasons for us specifically is it makes so much sense because we have a really large school here at St. Luke's. I think we uh, this year we were over 650 in the K through 8th grade at our school. And we, we saw this as such a cool opportunity to just be able to build up kids in, in the faith in a deeper way. And now, as is the case in a lot of Lutheran schools around the country, uh, of those 650 kids, you know, well under 50% are actually Lutheran, right? Practicing Lutherans. And it makes it such a fruitful ground for our young people to be able to actually be little evangelists in their own classrooms and uh -huh. to be able to... To, to teach that. And we see young people coming through our school and, and doing that and then going out into whatever high school, which is normally a public high school and being evangelists all the more. And, uh, and just seeing kids growing in that way, we thought, well, we actually already kind of have this almost like, feels almost like a, a pipeline to church work, but where, where it stops has been church work in the past for us. So it was kind of a helpful for us to have this additional intention on how we might continue to, I guess, you know, give some of these gifts that God has given us of, of the people he's put in our church and to say, you know, it might be even more helpful to our synod if you were to go off into a church work vocation somewhere away from here, rather than just being a really great volunteer here. <laughs> <laughs> What are some ways that, that you think you, you maybe are approaching things differently or maybe even have a different perspective on how you go about some of the, those things in, in, in the school ministry and the congregation as a whole now that you're a part of Set Apart to Serve? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great question. And I think part of it is just the way that we think about ministry as a whole, to be able to form people, not just well, we want them to get to know Jesus. And I think it, in in some ways, we hear an eighth grader say, I'm thinking about being a director. You know, I want to be maybe an engineer, maybe a director of education, maybe a pastor. And we think, all right, well, that's good. We got that one. He's in. And kind of stop there, right? And, and I think this has been really helpful for us to realize, well, that's that's not how Christianity works in the first place. You know, this is about continuing to, to teach and evolve and grow in faith and, and to be able to say, okay, now, rather than saying that kid is in, we got him. That one is one that I am going to spend some intentional time mentoring as I have an opportunity a lot to work with the high school youth. So through his high school years and, and see how his faith grows and continue to encourage him and encourage him to find ways even if he decides not to be a director of Christian education or a pastor, to find ways to help him see his life from the perspective of his Christian vocation and how and how he can serve God in that. Do you think you could, off the top of your head, come up with a couple examples 
of that? Like, what do you do specifically? Because you've wanted to be a pastor or at least in church leadership since you were 12. So, you know, that's not the same for everyone. <laughs> there might right. be green lights, then red lights, a closed door here. Go, you know, we've we've talked with people, especially in the Set Apart to Serve series before, who had an entire career and then closed that off and became a pastor. What, right. what kind of stuff do you tell a young adult at, from your perspective like well here here's my thought process here's where i went you know what right what do you tell them yeah and so it's been helpful just i spent some time in the eighth grade just sharing my story about how mm-hmm. I, I came to be a pastor which i don't expect any of them to have and that's kind of one of the things that is helpful is to tell people that there are multiple stories right yeah. i have one kid in our in our high school youth program who he would be a great pastor, right? He he has wanted since he was a kid to be a pilot. And it's one of those where it's, you know, just, <laughs> I don't need you to be a pastor to be a faithful Christian, okay, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you could still be a faithful Christian and fly people around. That's great. You could also, you know, there's probably pastoral calls where you need a little bit of flying experience if you go up to serve the bush people in Alaska or something like that. Right. But, but. I just keep continuing to encourage him in the leadership skills that God is, mm-hmm. is giving him. And, and so that's one of the examples that just comes to mind because he is growing in his ability to lead in the church. And sometimes it's helpful if that works out and he continues to grow in that and he becomes a pilot who maybe is a faithful volunteer who maybe is on a board of directors in a Lutheran church somewhere around the synod. But to, to continue to, to help build him in the faith and build him in his confidence to be able to talk about his faith, share his faith, and, and be a leader among his peers. Always starting with a story seems to be the common through line here. <laughs> tell, it, tell it in some sort of a story format and it, and it connects with people. That's excellent. That's true. That's, that is faithful. Well, if he becomes a, a pilot and continues as a faithful Christian, that really kind of that's kind of a play on words here because I know you're going to say that. program. <laughs> yeah, um, but, but you're right. There are there are you know really helpful organizations like Lamp who who work with people in remote locations and certainly do depend on pilots to help um, get them to those locations in order to carry out that that ministry and outreach as well. That's right. So. What have you learned from the pilot program? Are there resources or are you a part of helping develop resources as a part of the Set Apart to Serve pilot program? Yes, actually. And they I just learned about this recently, maybe this week. And I don't know how old this is, but there's a really, really cool resource about for people who are looking towards church work that connects them to kind of all of the Concordia systems and the programs they might be be interested in. If you were to put lcms.org slash set apart to serve backslash whatever vocation, whether it's director of Christian mm-hmm. education, deaconess, the pastor one is kind of specific and I don't have that with me right now, but you can find all of the resources, all of the paths toward those vocations, which I thought was really cool. And personally, I didn't even know all of the things that we had, all of the programs that we had towards church work before the Set Apart to Serve program. And I think if if that's the only thing we get out of this, well, that was worthwhile to be able to streamline that so that so many congregations can see we we don't just have pastors, Lutheran school teachers, deaconesses, and DCs, but you could be a director of Christian outreach, a director 
of parish music, a director of family life ministries. Let me, I'm going to look at my fancy little chart to make sure that I didn't miss one or a director of church ministries. Those are, <laughs> those are all of the programs we have in our Concordia systems. And just to kind of open my eyes and see, man, there's a lot more stuff out there and a lot more ways that people are serving than I even realized. You know, coming through, and I came through a synod school uh, and graduated from a synod seminary. We are talking with Pastor Sam Schick of St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida, as a set-apart-to-serve pilot location, a pilot site. And we have more to learn about their involvement in set-apart-to-serve in just a moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. We are continuing our conversation in the Set Apart to Serve series today. We are at St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida with Pastor Sam Schick. We're not actually there. We're there virtually. I don't I tell them. I should clarify that. We're <laughs> talking with Pastor Sam Schick about their involvement in the Set Apart to Serve program as a, a pilot project participant and the ways that they are helping encourage people to consider church work vocations in their congregation and and continue to to support them in, in whatever vocations they, you know, especially as young people consider vocations in the future, but certainly looking at ways that they can support and encourage people to consider church work vocations for the future. Now, being part of Set Apart to Serve means collaborating, and you mentioned some of the things you've already learned through collaborating, some of the resources, learning about the various church work programs available through the Concordias. Are you able to, have you been able to connect with other congregations or other participants in the Set Apart to Serve program? And what do you see coming out of those types of collaborations as well? Yeah. And the, the way that, so all of the other participants, we actually have uh, a kind of a, a chat through an online, online platform. And it has been amazing to hear all of the ideas that come from across our Senate. And there's just, there's just 34 of us in this program and just those 34 and the amount of ideas they have brainstorming ways that we can continue to engage youth and, and bring them, you know, not only deeper into faith, but even bring them to be able to consider this kind of church work vocation, ways that we can make the path easier. The amount of ideas that have come out of that is pretty incredible. Ideas about how to connect our kids to Concordia universities when we're kind of far away. Ideas about how to make the, how to make the path when I've decided I want to think about being a pastor. Let me find more about that. And, and, you know, people like like Glenn Rollins and and Jim ba- Dr. Jim Bannock have been awesome at expanding those resources and helping people out to be able to do that. And so there's been a lot of cool things and a lot of cool ways that people are engaging their youth. A couple of a couple of them is just the way that we are now talking to our not just people who are in church work, but even the other adults who might be key influencers. The way we're kind of trying to. And engage parents along the lines of, well, have you 
thought about whether or not Ben could be a pastor someday. And those kinds of conversations, I think, have been cool to hear about a little bit. Have you seen it over the years in your experience trending more on the upward swing, I guess, of youth being interested in church ministry? Because me growing up, it wasn't really the cool thing to do. <laughs> yeah. You know, have you, I feel like maybe it took a dip and now it's, it might be coming back up or, because you seem, you seem well plugged where you're at. We were talking right. before we started recording that there is a lot of Lutheranism and Christianity just kind of surrounding you. As we said, there's the Lutheran Haven, which is a retirement community, right? Mm -hmm. But it, right. it's sort of a, it's true in its, in its meaning as well, that you're in sort of a Lutheran Haven. So, but you're plugged in with other congregations through the pilot program. So do you think that youth in general, just, you know, your, your opinion seem to be more interested in church work these days, or, you know, you you were kind of getting, giving a couple examples of how to break through the ice there and, and get them interested in case they're having those thoughts. Right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, when I was growing up, I was the only one I knew who was interested at all in being a church worker. Yeah, see, that uh, so, doesn't surprise me. <laughs> and I think that part of that was just, be, it might have been because I had a, a smaller area of, of people I knew, but I think that of the youth that are engaged, and obviously we're seeing you know, the, kind of across the board, there are less youth engaged in our churches than there were when I was growing up. But of the ones that are there, it seems like the commitment to the church and the commitment to actually having a part in it and seeing themselves as future leaders is actually on the rise from my perspective. And it worked. <laughs> I get to work with high schoolers and just being able to sit down and talk with them and hear about the things that they care about is so encouraging to me because when I was in high school, I wanted to be a pastor and I often didn't care as much about the people around me and the situations around me and, you know, the political situation sure. of our world and how it was, how to reflect the love of Christ in it. I played basketball and football and, you know, did some Jesus time on the weekends for the most part, but yeah. these kids really engage in this. And, and I, a little bit of me thinks, wow, I wish I had that level of maturity right. and commitment to the, the, the church and to Christ and to what he's doing in my life that these kids have now. You mentioned you get to interact with and serve youth, high school youth quite a bit. What is the, where are parents in the conversation? How are you helping parents in the conversation, encouraging youth to consider church work vocations, but also where are parents in terms of what do they think about encouraging their their children to consider church work vocations as well? Are they are they interested? Are they on board? What are they asking for? What are the conversations you're having with parents? Yeah, for the most part, parents are they're interested, I would say, and encouraged when they get that feedback that you know, if I come to a parent and say, I think that your son or your daughter would really make a good church worker. I've seen these leadership skills and then I've seen them grow in faith. Well, every time I come with that conversation, parents are encouraged. And I think for the most part, it's just something that they think of as another option alongside of, obviously, you know, in, in a church work vocation, you may not make as much as a pilot or an engineer or a doctor, right? But but, and that's maybe where a lot of parents are coming from, imagining sure. their children <laughs> ending up in one of those locations yeah. where, you know, you'll be able, you'll be able to support me when I can move in with you when I'm however old, <laughs> but to be able to help parents realize, you know, this is, 
a viable vocation. You can get paid to do it, right? <laughs> you can survive. And to be able to say, this, this, this is worthwhile. And I think most of the parents I've talked to have realized how worthwhile it is and are open to letting their own children make that decision and just kind of equip them with the resources to think about it, I guess, appropriately, to, to consider all of the options and what a life in ministry might actually look like for them. Yeah. And that's a unique thing that I think you get to do. You get to kind of see both sides of, I don't want to say both sides of the aisle, but <laughs> the parents and the high schools, because I feel like as we get older and then our friend groups around us get older, we kind of naturally have less conversations with, with young people. Like I can count on one hand, the number of high schoolers I actually interact with on a daily basis. It used to be everybody around me because I was one of them, but not anymore. <laughs> so that's really cool. So I'm, I'm just an average listener. I'm commuting to work or whatever right now. And I'm interested in the pilot project and I want to get involved. What's some advice you would give me to do that? Yeah. I mean, one of the ways that we can involve is get involved is just to do what Jesus says when he says, you know, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers in the, into the harvest, right? That's one thing that we always need support in to be to be those who pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers and to be an advocate of prayer for that, to, to bring that into, into our prayer meetings. When we have time sitting down with other people in our, in our congregation, that's been kind of a part of the culture of St. Luke's a little bit is to remember to bring up in prayer that we do need more pastors and DCs and on all of these church workers and to pray for them. Another thing is if you see people in your congregation, you see, you know, that kid that sits in the row, three rows ahead of you every week because you have assigned seats and you're sitting in the same row every week, right? Watch him a little bit. You know, if, is he engaged in the service? Maybe, maybe this is something that, that he hasn't really thought about an opportunity to serve in the church. And if there are opportunities to serve, to actually engage our young people and give them those opportunities to serve, opportunities to be a part of, listen in on, on, leading a Bible study, maybe, or talk about, you know, bring them under your wing as, as you are leading the confirmation class, high school youth, whatever it is, to continue to engage those young people in ways to serve. And if you see those young people around you serving and looking for ways to serve, to just have the conversation to say, yep, there's actually a career where you can serve in the church. And, and if you can believe it, you know, as fun as this is, people will pay you for it, <laughs> which, which is, I think, an incredible grace of our God. But And to just to be an active participant and a model that they can look up to. So I guess those are kind of the four things. To pray for more workers, to look for people that we can, young people that we can engage in service, to find the young people who are in service and encourage them towards it. And then finally, fourth, to, to just be a model to them of faithful service in the church and yeah. seeing your vocation from Christ outward. What's next for St. Luke's in Set Apart to Serve? What's the, the outlook this summer or looking ahead even to the fall? What are some of the plans for Set Apart to Serve at St. Luke's? Yeah, so for us, you know, being that I have my hand in the high school youth program a lot, of, there's going to be a lot of, we're going to have a, a lot more engagement of getting our youth into positions where they get to serve and, and even be nice. have the opportunity to lead their peers a little bit. Um, building, we're building a Bible study for next year for our entire staff, so all of the teachers to, 
to learn more about set apart to serve and how they can talk about vocation from from the perspective of a Lutheran and how from those vocational talks we can actually build into that what one of the vocations that you might consider while you're considering what it looks like to live like a Christian in this world as we consider occupation to just be able to present this kind of as a part of our curriculum towards the end of their their time here at St. Luke's towards their sixth, seventh, and eighth grade years to get them thinking about being pastors, but build them with a base that says, I'm thinking about what it likes to, looks like to live as a Christian in this complicated world. So those are the big things that the staff Bible study, getting youth to serve, and then also equipping those who are already kind of the key influencers who talk to high schoolers on a regular basis, helping them wrap their heads around this. And that's something I do just by having conversations. That's pretty much what what, what they pay me for here at St. Luke. Yeah. <laughs> conversations with those people about how to build up their youth to know Jesus more. Our guest today, Pastor Sam Schick of St. Luke's Lutheran Church in Oviedo, Florida, and participating in the Set Apart to Serve pilot project. Thanks so much, Pastor Schick, for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thanks so much. It was such a joy to join you guys. Have a blessed day. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Jordan Harms. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.